Welcome to the family. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with Shake Master, Ralph Bowie, Backman B, <laughs> Andy Ram Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. All right, stay tuned. We got a lot of fun coming your way right here on the family. Walzer Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walzer way at Wyzetta Nissan on 394, or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly Blue Book excellent whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're back. This is the family. Tom Bernard is out. He'll be back with you tomorrow, along with the rest of the family. Andy's the only one hanging in with us. Yeah. Starting True. to feel starting to feel a little slighted around here. Maybe we'll adopt Andy. Wow. There we go. <laughs> we need one more child. That's good. Let's bring him in. Uh, I don't know where Alex is, but oh Kristen well. Burt online with us. Hey, Kristen, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, but I'll get better as the day progresses. What's going on in Hollywood, and are you safe from all of the massive earthquakes taking place out there? Oh, my goodness. That was a crazy 4th of July, I will tell you that. And I that 7.1 was definitely the biggest one I've ever felt since I've been out here. So you, you, got, the, you got a lot of shaking up in the valley? We did, yeah. Um, and it was interesting, too, because... It was long, I mean, about 40 seconds, which feels like forever if you've ever been in an earthquake. And it was a rolling sensation versus a shaking. Um, And Mm. it ramped up. It would start off slow, and then all of a sudden it it was like a roller coaster ride where it just hit you over the head with like a really big kind of rolling sensation. And it was odd because everyone was tweeting, and I happened for the second earthquake, the 7.1, I happened to be on Twitter, 
and a friend had just tweeted, okay, LA, enough with the earthquakes. And I'm like, are we having more earthquakes? And a second later, it hit my house. And I was like, oh, and then my phone rang and I grabbed it. And my friend was like, this one's worse. I'm like, you think? And then that's when it really hit horribly on, on our end. And I got under the table. So you didn't. Did, our chandelier was swinging. Did you have the app? Um, I do have the app. It, it didn't. I didn't get an alert for either which, one which, because it, it has to be in L.A. County. And um, because Ridgecrest, where the epicenter was, was not in L.A. County, we don't get warned. Oh, uh, you get the right app because that's it. The app worked. That was the only, the only system that worked for early tremor warning. The LA train, the LA train, metro train stopped, and everything. So yeah, it's amazing. Did you get shake alert? Yeah, yeah, I had shake alert. And shake alert. They've had, oh. they've gotten under like they've had a ton of criticism because now they have to sort of lower their threshold for when people get alerted okay. about the earthquake because the 7.1 was definitely felt in la county yeah. delete that one and go to early warning labs that's the one that worked that one worked only only one of the All ones right. that worked shake alert did not work and there's another one an at&t system which might be shake i don't know which one that didn't work early warning labs worked boom all right I will have to download that and add it to my phone. And then uh, well, once you get it, you'll be in the beta beta group, but it works. That, that one worked. Remind awesome. me why people want to live in a state that shakes and vigorously makes things blow up. Come on, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. There were fires, gas pipes blowing out. and Yeah, the, the weather's great as long as the planet is not shaking underneath <laughs> your feet. You know, where, where there, where the well, gas we haven't. Our last major earthquake in this area was 2014. So yep. it's been a while. You know what our um, last major earthquake know. was? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, we well, had one. We had one here. I think it was like within the last five years. I think it was like an 0. 0.110. Like a magnitude. No, actually, that was one oh, from a baby one. Oklahoma that we felt up here. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. We got the we got the yeah. aftershocks well, of it. Technically, we probably had some going around like during the Pangea era, but it was pretty horrifying. Kristen, my toothpick my rolled right off the table. <laughs> How did you recover? I don't know. I'm still shaking. Every time I see a toothpick start to roll, I hit the ground. Well, when was a Northridge quake? 1994. And then wow. you had, there was what, in 2014? Really? Man, that's interesting. I yeah, but, but small, you know. Okay. I mean, small in that it was, you know, the fours and the fives, honestly, are very easy and doable. It's When you hit sixes and sevens, it gets a little scary. Let's see. We can get a list of... Uh... Well, they're still talking that there might be another big one coming your way. Well, of course, I... there's always a big one coming their way. They no, got like it. they said right after the 6.4 or whatever, they were like... You know, I was going to feel some tremors, but we have a feeling there's a big one coming. And then the 7.1 hit, what, the next day or the day after? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, so, the 7.2 yeah, in 2010. The... So, there you go. Um, but where? Baja. I, I was here. Oh, it was in, down yeah. in Baja. That's... Well, I'm just doing all California. Oh, that's oh, the part oh, yeah. of California okay. nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah. Just Baja. Who cares if they Baja, well, that's whatever. Like, oh, that... no. We didn't feel that one in the same way we felt the, the ridge crest. But, um, and, and they, yeah, the big one is coming because the ground, they're like the ground is tw 10 months pregnant and mm. it does need to release. And um, the, the one we had on the 4th of July was actually the foreshock and the one, the 7.1 the next day was the actual earthquake itself. So 
We learned a lot from the ground together. Jones, I'll tell you. Well, there's a video going around now on Facebook. This poor girl was doing a makeup tutorial right, right during the earth, like right before it happened. Luckily, time. she wasn't doing mascara because that would have been really bad. But she was doing <laughs> lipstick and she had this red lipstick and she's all of a sudden the room just starts shaking and their lipstick goes across her face. I mean, mm-hmm. she looked like the Joker well, afterward. Well, that's that's why the system's in Cedar sinai because they get they get the warning. For the shaking, anybody doing surgery, some critical issue can be stopped for a surgery, few, few yeah. seconds. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly, well, yeah. Well, yeah We're going to open that's up a, the heart. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Horrible. Well, what's uh, what's going out in uh, Hollywood? What's in the entertainment industry popping right now, Kristen, besides the, the death of that poor kid from the Disney Channel? Oh, Cameron, I knew him. I covered him for over 10 years. That It, it was just such a weird weekend, i got to be honest, because Cameron Boyce, uh, kind of, you know, he hit the Disney Channel crowd, but I also worked with him on a, a charity called The Thirst Project, which he was honored with the Pioneering Award last year, and that was kind of a shock to everyone. He's also a part of the the dance industry too. He, he was a dancer, but um, that one, I, I don't know. Unless you have kids that are watching the Disney Channel or watching Descendants series, I'm not sure everyone knew who he was, but really one of those great kids that grew up in Hollywood, child actor. And uh, didn't follow that child actor sort of terrible tale that we always hear about. Right. Well, we watched one of the good ones. We grew up watching him. My kids grew up watching him on uh, Jesse. And then he did Grown Ups 1 and 2 with Adam Sandler and uh, the Descendants films on Disney. So, yeah, it was, that's sad when you see these kids. And now it's really weird because they're like, oh, he, he passed away from. Um, a medical condition that he's been dealing with and a massive seizure that got him while he was sleeping. But then there's all these head, headlines that keep popping up. You know, um, mm-hmm. autopsy is inconclusive. Well, what is there, you know, why are they making it seem like there's some nefarious thing going on in this? I mean, it, it seems pretty clear he's been dealing with a medical issue. He had a major seizure, seizure and that's what took him away. Well, how are they supposed to profit off, oh, he had epilepsy, the end? They can profit off well, of, what was if, he murdered? What if they have to do a toxicology test? Wouldn't that take a couple weeks? Ralph yeah. might be able to answer that. Right, and, yeah. that's, and, that's, and was there something else that caused the whole problem? And I mean, just. But apparently, he had epilepsy or an epileptic-like disorder. So apparently, this has been going on for a while. He's been having seizures and stuff. Yeah, right. it's unusual for someone t- to suddenly just have a massive seizure and die at twenty, though. So that, that's right. And, and they were saying so... he died in his sleep. It's also unusual because mm-hmm. that's when you're. Yeah. Getting the least, you know, stimulus, which would you would think mean the least amount of seizures. Unless you're dream time, right? If you're in a full state of REM, your brain is engaged. I wonder if that does. I wonder if dreams do trigger seizures. That's actually an interesting question. Well, there, that's a really good question. Although they I do they, they the seizure know. activity. That, that's when they check your EEGs when you're sleeping. They try to check it then because it's uh, they can check seizure activity the best <laughs> then. Um, well, that's why when I had an EEG, they wanted me to sleep during the, which I couldn't sleep because they're flashing a strobe light in my face and <laughs> everything yeah. else. They wanted me sleep deprived. Oh, nope. sleep deprived. So when they, and I'm like, why did you want me sleep deprived? Because it gave me a migraine. I, it was a mess. And they're like, well, we wanted you to sleep during the test. I'm like, how am I supposed to sleep when you're flashing stuff in my face and scraping my scalp to put electrodes to it? And She bitches at me about that all the time at home, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore the flashing lights. I have a seizure disorder, so I've, I've gone through a couple EEGs and stuff yeah, like that. You, you take the pills. I don't have to take medication. My seizures are caused by 
side effects of other medications that okay. have a high risk of seizures. So I just stay away from those, and I'm good. Unless I get hit in the head hard enough, I probably would go down. Well, that's what happened to my cousin. <laughs> she had epilepsy, uh, asymptomatic her whole life until she was like 20-something, got hit in the head, and now she has seizures. Yeah, it was weird. I dropped, Fun stuff. I dropped <sighs> down in the Burnsville yeah. Mall with a seizure. I woke up. I told everyone my name was Jamie. I didn't even know who I was. <laughs> it was wow. Good. Yeah, and I refused oxygen. I kept hitting the mask away. Yeah, that's common. It's, it's yeah. very. You don't want anything pushed in your face when you're confused. Coming out of a seizure, it's the it's like coming out of anesthesia. You don't know what's wow. going on. You right, your body feels like you just ran a marathon. It's very bizarre. Oh well, yeah, because you guys, <laughs> all your muscles have all your muscles have been active. Yeah. In, in an intense way. Yeah. And your head, your whole brain is sort of like washed clean. Because of this this diffuse electrical activity throughout your brain. Yeah, I had a yeah. grand mal seizure, and it, it took me about twenty four hours to recoup from it. Yeah, oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Postictal. Postictal. Postictal yeah. state is like messed up. You're oh. embarrassed a little bit. It's oh, it's just awful. <laughs> just awful. January first, two thousand or nineteen eighty eight. Right, I'm out driving my buddy's home New Year's Eve. I stayed sober to be sober, Cap. Driving all my friends home. Every time we passed my my parents' street, I kept having bad visions, for lack of a better term. I just kept seeing my mom being wheeled out into an ambulance. I'm like, this is really weird. And all night long, every time I'd go by the house or by I just my hackles would go up and I'd, I'd have these horrible visions. So at the end of the night, I drop off my last buddy. He's like, come on in and crash. We'll watch a movie. I'm there for like 40 minutes. I'm like, no, man, I got to go home. He goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, something's wrong. And I get home. Go into the kitchen. My mom comes shuffling out. Her hair's all crazy. She's got one eye closed, one eye open. She's like, what's going on? I go, well, I just drove everybody home. I'm safe. She goes, all right, hold on. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll come out and have a smoke and talk to you. And I said, okay. She turns, wham, hits the floor in a full grand mal seizure. Wow. And uh, it, it, I wish we had a video camera system mounted. Ralph, as a doctor, you would have appreciated what what oh. unfurled. I, I yell, holy shit. Mom just collapsed. My dad's like running down the hall full sprint halfway through my sentence. He reaches down, grabs her to, he's a Polak construction worker from Chicago. He just like lifts my mom up like a plank of wood and he's holding onto her shirt and and then she falls backward and the shirt comes off. So now I'm subjected to my mom in a full grand mal seizure (laughs) topless. And then her tongue's sticking through her teeth and she's seizing. So... She relaxes for a second, and I push my finger oh, yeah. to push her no, tongue no, out of the way. And she, you should have used a spoon. She clamps on my finger, and I'm going, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. My dad goes, what's wrong? He goes, she's biting my finger. And he goes, well, get your finger out of there. I go, if I could, I would. So my dad is prying my mom's mouth open. I finally get my finger out. And then he goes, I've seen this before. I go, what do you mean you've seen this before? This has happened to mom before. He goes, go get go get the book. I'm like, all right. And I run in the kitchen, and I'm looking around the house, and I stop. I go, what? <laughs> he goes, I don't care. Just get the book. What book? And we're running around like morons, right? And he's out there, and all I can see are my mom's feet now in the kitchen door frame, oh, yeah. shaking and <laughs> this horrible noise. And then he goes, call 911. I pick up the phone. I dial 911. First of all, rotary phone. Because uh, my dad refused to update at the time. 911. And then we get to, this service is not available in your area. I'm like, what? Where do we live that 911 is not available? Wow. Are we in 1820? Oh and then all of a sudden I hear, ah! and then her feet just drop. Yeah, she's done. I hit the floor and I slid to the ground, just started bawling. I thought I'd just watch my mom die. Oh. All of a sudden I hear, where's my shirt? <laughs> my dad goes, uh, it's over there. And she goes, Jim, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, 
<laughs> I don't know. You uh, you collapsed or something. And she goes, what? And I stood up. I'm like, you're going to the hospital. You had a seizure. She's like, I had a what? Why is my shirt off? <laughs> and then so we just, but for 10 minutes, it was just a melee of me running around looking for the book. I still don't know what book my dad sent me for, but it got me away from him. And I think that was what he was looking for. <laughs> Stop sticking your finger in your mom's what mouth, What not jackass. to do during a seizure. Like, <laughs> when the baby's got to be delivered, the doctor always says, you gotta go boil some water. Right. Not so much that you need boiled yeah. water. It's just that get them out. Tear some out sheets and boil some water. Get, some out, get out of Why here. Why do we hate these sheets? <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of it? Uh, yeah, so that was, uh, but that's brutal. So... And we only have a minute left, but Ralph, do you understand how do you die from a massive seizure? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, usually, I would think it's because you and, fall, or you get, or you get status epilepticus, where you just continuously yeah. see, 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 see. So he could have been asleep, dwelling the status epilepticus, and he just mm-hmm. sees, and, he, and eventually you just burn out, you stop breathing. Yeah, mm-hmm. your your You're neurons done. can only fire so many times before they just, you know, they need a break, and if they don't get that break, like your brain just shuts off, basically. Yeah, and that's and that's why you have that's a, an emergency condition. You have to control that, and yeah. and you go, you go, you get medicine until you stop seizing or you go to sleep, or you cut out your corpus you stop callosum. Breathing. And that's right. Your what? The thing that connects the hemispheres of your brain. Thanks for dumbing Just it back down for me. What did you call it? That the, right out. The corpus callosum. Yep. Look at you. You learn something new every day. I know day, this guy's amazing. He's like I my know. own Google. Yeah, yeah that's. I'm just going to change Google's name to Andy. Andy, what is? <laughs> All right, we have to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, H. Ross Perot has passed away at the age of 89. We'll talk mm. about that. Kristen Burt, our guest, we'll find out what else is going on in Hollywood when we return. Tom Bernard is out. He'll be back with you guys tomorrow right here on The Family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Oh, my God. Too soon, honey. Earthquakes and seizures. I mean, yeah. 
Well, sometimes you just gotta have make light of the situation. I guess. And music does that very well. All right. Welcome back to the family. Kristen, what else is going on in Hollywood? What kind of news do you have for us? Apparently doing. Yeah, I think one of the, the, the biggest stories of the summer, honestly, is the really abysmal box office. And only mm. one studio is dominating, and that, of course, is Disney. Disney's made over $2 billion this year. The studio that's in second place is Warner Brothers, making about $850 million. Um, and the other big story that sort of comes off of this, too, is that Disney is making a killing in the live action uh, arena. So that has been kind of interesting because it's brought on all sorts of controversies with the casting of Little Mermaid. Um, and of course, you know, you have something like Aladdin, which got mixed reviews, but did outstanding numbers globally. So there's a lot of like little stories about that. But how, you know, is this good for the industry with only one studio dominating? Well, you've got, um, did Aladdin do that good? Or was it overseas it did much better than here? I just, it seemed that I, I didn't hear a whole lot of traction here in the United States. Yeah, it did well here, but it did even better internationally. And it's become Will Smith's number one box office hit now. Wow. wow. Even wow. over yeah. Independence Day? Yeah. I never would have guessed. Yes, huh. it yeah. eclipsed Independence Day. It broke like a 23 or 24-year record he held with that movie. Hmm. Interesting. And then, of course, Lion King opens up here pretty soon. Yes. I'm going to see it tomorrow. I cannot wait. Um, we were hoping to go see it tomorrow, but somebody's got to work. Sorry. Oh, no. I know. I hate it when they do these screenings at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. People have things to do. What? <laughs> what? Wait, I don't understand. There's a li- another Lion King movie? It's, it's a, a live, live action. action. Oh, oh, live, live action. action. Well, CGI. <laughs> you know. so not real have lions? <laughs> yeah. Beyonce. Okay. They're, gonna have, they're, they're not going to do puppets. They're not going to do the puppets with the banners like they did in the play. No, 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 oh, no, no. It's it's well, going to be yeah, CGI. It's it's going to be just like the original Lion King, just looks more real, pretty much. It's and, a shot for shot remake of it, but in live action. And it's the only one I think that they're doing shot for shot. So if you've seen the animated version, you've basically seen this. Obviously, the dimensions will look different <laughs> because it is live action. But the the cast is huge too. I mean, you've got Beyonce in it and Seth Rogen and uh, Donald. Glover, is that, wait, yeah? Yeah. Danny Glover? No, Donald yeah, Glover. Danny Glover. Oh. Was it Danny Glover or Donald Glover? Which one? Wait, Donald Glover. Right. Is Donald his yeah. son, or? No. They're just. He's a, he's a rapper. What the heck is I his rapper name? Donald Glover is. It, Donald Glover used to be on Community. Childish Gambino. Yeah, Childish Gambino, oh. the rapper, <laughs> but he's also on uh, the TV show Community, and he was Lando Calrissian in the uh, Han no. Solo movie. Yeah. Oh, the Han Solo movie. Right. And Thank in, you. And the TV show Atlanta, if anyone watches Atlanta. Kristen, do you know, because like with Aladdin, they did two original new songs in that movie. Are they doing that with Lion King as well, or is everything the same? Um, I believe that there is a new song, and I'll tell you why they do it. It's because they want to get nominated for Best Original Song mm-hmm. for Oscars. Okay. So, And they haven't – there's a song by Beyonce, and it has – on the track list, which they released a few weeks ago, it said TBD, so everyone believes it's like a new song by Beyonce, from Beyonce. Oh, wow. They haven't announced the title or the track. They're going to do a huge release of it. So they just don't want to do anything new. Well, they do, but they've had. Listen, they're they're. You can't keep re-releasing the cartoons, right? I mean, they do that every twenty years. Any way, kind of re-release them to the theaters. 
Now they're mm-hmm. just stepping it up and with the way CGI is and you can actually make some of these more cartoony characters come to life. I understand to a degree why they're doing it. Are they going to are they going to do a, a CGI of Steamboat Willie? I can only hope. That would be awesome. <laughs> I love Steamboat Willie. Who should be Mickey Mouse? Kristen? Who should be Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> Motion Who's capture. Really high pitched voice. Yeah. Like wait. wait. That's right. What other what other live oh, well I know they, they started this off. Oh yeah, Kristen Chenoweth would be a good Mickey Mouse. Oh boy, the um, they kicked it off with that Jungle Book movie that John was it John Favreau. Yes. Right, and he's the one in charge. The Jungle Book was very good. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. great. Um, They they keep knocking out new versions of Jungle Book every couple of years, but they did an official live action one like four or five years ago that was great, and then they. I think that's what kind of spurred this new vision on. And then they did 101 Dalmatians they did as a live action as well. Well, they had the one with Glenn Close a long time ago. Um, But then I think what really amped it up was the live action Cinderella that kind of started. And then, you know, Beauty and the Beast came along. Yeah, that was was good. Yeah, I think it just kind of kept that ball rolling. And now they're just pumping them out. Can we go to this? Yeah. (laughs) How disgusted Ralph is. Okay, let's talk about something somebody's going to really go to. Uh, I'm listening to the the uh, audiobook Dune, mm-hmm. and it is if they make a movie that includes a lot of the stuff, it is the most disturbing, bizarre, odd thing. People, I, and it may be another failure because it is so so dramatic. I can only listen to about well, about a half an hour or so before I, you know, I get so uh, uh, anxiety ridden. I have to listen to something else. Uh, listen to Oreos some symphony. And rock back and oh, forth in oh your bed. man, it is. <laughs> Ooh, you're just going to go right into a hole. So we're, how's, that's what we released in 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. what are you um, hoping for in terms of, because have you seen the Sting version? Oh, yeah, that was, the original? I've seen the Sting version, and then Terrible. there was a there was a, a made-for-TV version or a miniseries version as well, which kind of paralleled that. Um, I mean, if they follow, you know, they, they can never follow the book exactly, but there is mm-hmm. so much just really intense stuff in the book uh you know they show the one fight scene at the end of the the one with sting but there are there it is just it is a grisly oh kyle mclaughlin that was the other name in the movie the original dune kyle oh. he was the dark-haired main protagonist oh too. he he would so he would have been uh, i can't think of their names oh, it's been 40 years he since been, he came out he, his, his his fremen name was Mwadib. so that's oh. that's that's it <laughs> Usul. No, his name, his secret name was Usul. Well, according yeah. according to IMDb, the new Dune, you're going to have Zendaya, Rebecca she Ferguson, has to be in every movie, Dave Batista, yeah, uh, Jason Momoa. He also has to be in every movie. Josh Brolin. And yeah, you got some big people in this one. Yeah, and they got. Oh yeah, everyone's in it. It's honestly the joke is who isn't in it. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Me. Well, The Rock, I don't see him on here. That's shocking. <laughs> he's in every movie, too. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's because he's starring in the new uh, Fast and Furious movie, Calvin and Hobbes. It's not Calvin and Hobbes. It's Sean Hobbes, honey. <laughs> I think Calvin and Hobbes, Fast and the, Furri- Fast and the Furious, uh, Calvin and Hobbes would be the better movie to go see. <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, so the Dune movie is going to be huge. When is that, 2020? Yeah. And, it's, and is that Disney, yeah, November. too? Is that Disney product, too? Or is, I don't think it is. Or is it a Warner Brothers? I think it pro- is. I'm going to go on record and say this: it's going to flop. Yeah. 
You well, that, think so? The Dune one, is too heady. I just don't think oh, most entertainment. I don't think people are going to like it. You, you it, unless they unless they capitalize on the violence in it, because Which there is I'm just sure they will. there well, is intense. Graphic uh, Warner Brothers violence. Warner Brothers produced by Legendary. Oh, there you go. Oh, it then is. you're screwed if it's a Warner Brothers movie. You might as well just forget about it now, Ralph. Yeah. Go back to your audio book. <laughs> Get some of them moving pictures in a book you can flip real quick and read it. <laughs> That's right, or some of the ones, or you know, get back, or you can get back to the ones where you color them. You, yeah. know, you color them in, stay inside the lines. Warner Brothers has not done great with movies in the last. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. they've, they, their superhero movies have been the only ones to make any money, and they're not even doing great. It's 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 a bit like a uh, uh, Batman in that the the book is so so dark, and actually the Batman comic books are really dark. Yeah, it was right. a or, or gray. I went anywhere, but it was just a just this. It was never a, an uplifting kind of thing to listen to, and that's the maybe the thing about the the novel when they're reading it or they're performing it. It is not a uplifting kind of a thing, and there are just all sorts of treachery and bad, absolutely bad people. It's like on the podcast, just like here. <laughs> bad people, just pure bad people. Well, he's this director that's doing Dune. He's the same one that did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Cicero, Enemy, um, I, some of these movies I've never heard of. Anyway, I wonder, Sorry. Uh, so, I know, maybe, they, maybe it's not going to be that good. Maybe it is going to be a flop. Well, the, that one with Sting was an absolute flop at the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think this one's going to be much better because, listen, if you couldn't capitalize on Dune in the 80s, in 2020, do you think you're going to reawaken the beast most of those nerds like me that read dune and and were into that in the 80s i don't know that we care to see another you know, iteration i think i think the in the in the two books it's interesting with two books that have not been and, and an author that has never been made and maybe because he w- won't sell the rights to the books is that uh they haven't made uh lucifer's hammer which is the, the story of uh, a, a comet crashing into the pacific ocean and with graphic uh, descriptions of how all of burbank is inundated by this giant tidal wave. It was a, a, a great book, great book. And then the other one that da- uh, Larry Niven wrote as well was uh, Ringworld. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the video game, uh, what is it? Uh, the Microsoft video game, where they're on a Ringworld. Oh, what's it called? Mass Effect? No, no, no. It's, oh, Halo? Halo. Halo. That's, that's based on a Ringworld, but they have not made that. because, And, and I bet that the reason is it's, it's that high concept. And when you get the concept too high, like in Dune. Yeah, that kind of thing just isn't it's, in it's anymore. It's too much. It's just too much. Even the new Star Trek, they tried to bring Star Trek back, you know, like five years ago or whatever. And they kind of made it a lot more, you know, for the masses. And at the end result was no one liked it. That's yeah. not true. I liked it. It had a pretty good <laughs> well, following. I just think that they got, uh, they were just treading on the same, the, the second movie was The Wrath of Khan again. So they were just following the same <laughs> steps that they did in the original like iteration. So instead of giving us something new, but I've liked all of them. I thought there was a really good reimagining and a great way to reboot the series. But you were saying, uh, Kristen, that it's kind of, you know, is it not good when one company yeah. has this kind of monopoly but Disney's had a lot of failures. I know they tried the John Carter movie. They've tried some of their other ones that just don't seem to take off as much. That's true. But I, I guess what they're looking at, you know, people are looking at in comparison to what everyone else is doing right now in 2019, $2 billion versus yeah. Warner Brothers in second place at $850 million. Wow. And a Hollywood reporter today did an article just saying they have, like Disney has claimed all of the, what, consider, what is considered the tentpole movie strong weekends for like the next four or five years and nobody wants to go up against them 
<laughs> no one wants to go up against, you know, the next Marvel movie or anything else like that. It, but the John Carter has been successful. John Carter movies have been successful. No, there was only one John Carter movie, and it was, was not. The, what was the most recent one? No, it's, it was just John Carter. Oh, John they, Carter. They didn't even call it Warlord of Mars or anything. It was the old Edgar Rice. Oh, right, 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 right. Now I remember. Yeah, I see. Um, no, it's too high concept. It actually wasn't. They dumbed it down and made it a lot of fun, but it just didn't take off. I didn't care for the guy in the lead role either, but Disney, you know, when they hit, they hit great. But it's like when they're – I think that's why they're not trying to stray out too much. When they do stories like uh, John Carter, which really was past its prime to come back and, and be done right, they just didn't put in the time and effort and it didn't take off. Uh, then, well, let's just keep revisiting what we've already done and just keep making money. They already own the rights to Disney stories. They already write, own the rights to the scripts, so they can just keep rehashing those and just keep cash cowing in every time. Well, Toy Story 4 is doing really good. It's over $300 million in the U- U.S. as of July 1st. So that one's a hit. Yeah. How much is it worldwide? Mm, I don't know. Does Box Office Mojo? Maybe double that. Oh, total. At least. Foreign, $345 million. So double. So you're Pop. looking at over $600 million just with Toy Story 4. Yeah, six fifty so far. Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Are you, were you talking about profits? When you, when you spoke When you spoke to, no, when, when oh. uh, Christy, when you talked about the numbers for Disney versus uh, yeah. Warner Brothers? Yeah, $2 billion. That was a net, profit. Not gross. So that was that's uh, their profits because they got there was over almost two billion just in uh, the Infinity Wars movie this year. Right, so that's got to be um, their net. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Well, yeah, Aladdin uh, grossed nine hundred million by itself so far. So, yeah, and Spider-Man: Far From Home. Where are we at with that? Uh, Sitting at 185 million opening weekend. But they split that, right? Isn't that a split property, or or no? Because uh, Marvel absorbed that part of Fox. So- Sony. Was it Sony that owned the Spider-Man stuff? I think stuff? Sony does. You can never tell anymore. Yeah. Just wait know. another five years, and then every company will own every other company. Disney will own everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Disney's got their own channel coming out, which yep. Netflix. I, I, I've also heard, and Christian, I don't know if you know anything about this, and we'll, we'll, I guess, have to get into it when we come back, but I've heard that uh, Netflix is looking to probably go under here, and Disney might be the fix for Netflix in uh, picking that up and absorbing it as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, we could be could be on the verge of one giant monopoly entertainment. But I don't care as long as they keep spinning out good stuff. Who cares if there's multiple companies? They'll control your Well, mind. and also you have to realize that once Disney streaming service is out, and if people want to bundle it with Hulu and ESPN, because that's the rumor of how it's all going to play out, um, where does that leave Netflix? It kind of leaves them out of some of the live game that you get with Hulu. Right. So if you can get everything absorbed, you're probably in a better position. Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. One more segment with Kristen Burt right here on The Family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. 
homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. This is going to be our new march. What is it? An anthem for the United States. <laughs> Welcome back to the unofficial Mickey Mouse Club. This is the family <laughs> sitting in for Tom Bernard. I'm Dave Schrader, Kirsten Burt, our guest. Who's the leader of the that's right. Oh, look at Kristen throwing it. She knows. What That's uh, right. so do you think this is gonna be the death knell for uh for Netflix then? I don't know how they can continue spending the money that they are. I mean, everybody is getting these incredible, incredibly sweet and profitable production deals. Um, and, and it makes me think, you know, if Netflix was absorbed by Disney, someone like Kenny Ortega, who's done a ton for Disney, like Descendants, he's also done all the high school musical series. He left Disney because they weren't paying him as much to go to a really huge production deal over at Netflix. It would be interesting to see if he winds up back in the Disney fold if Disney bought Netflix. Yeah, that's that's the that that was the thing that I always I always heard is that. Uh, if you were if, if you worked at the when we had our home next to the Disney Studios, the, the people that lived around us, the people I heard heard about, said that the, if you're working in animation, that just wasn't a great place to work, and maybe the pay mm-hmm. wasn't as good as it could have been. So, I just, that was just a rumor that I had heard when I was around there. So yeah, it's, yeah that's a pretty common rumor, honestly. <clears throat> there, you know, it's not as you know, the magic of Disney once you work for them that you lose the magic, honestly, um, <laughs> and that they're tough to work for. And people oftentimes will go work there, get it on their resume, and then take their talents elsewhere because mm. at the end it wasn't the happiest place on earth. Yeah. Next next to the big uh, Merlin hat. they got a big Merlin hat next to the animation studios. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a, oh, their Imagination Studios or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, that was well, the, the original yeah. Disney Studios there right on uh, 134. 134 in Riverside, right? So squeezed in between. That's there. correct. They're 134 Still there. Yeah, still there. So did you hear this this weird case that was in the news last year about the girl who convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide? Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was kind of badgering him. Yeah, she was badgering him by text. They think that there's a connection to Glee now. Have you have you heard this? Right, no. because, you know, uh, Leah Michelle's boyfriend in real life, What I can't remember his name right now, the kid that 
was on the show with Corey. her. Right. He he passed away, committed suicide, and she got all of this outpouring of love and affection and attention. And mm. they're thinking that this uh, this kook did the same thing trying to push her boyfriend to commit suicide so that oh she God. would get all the attention and love and people would feel bad for her. You know, th- this has been a really strange case to follow you. The, the HBO um, documentary is called I Love You, Now Die. And it's, you know, I mean, we're being spoon-fed parts of the story. It'll be interesting to see the documentary. But this boyfriend was, <clears throat> and I don't mean to sound dismissive, but he was kind of a drama queen in the sense that he was constantly threatening himself. And, you know, some people use that manipulation factor to control mm-hmm. the person and make them stay with them. And... It sounded like she kind of got to the point. She's like, yeah, fine. Okay, why don't you go ahead and do it? No, no, don't put it off anymore. Go ahead and do it. I can't tell if she was doing it with real malice or baiting him just to call his bluff and that he was mm-hmm. finally at the point of breaking. So to me, it's a weird deal. And, you know, people have done tough love before. I've been in, in bad situations where I had a, a girlfriend that was threatening suicide and I finally just had to walk. And my mom said, you can't be in control of everybody and you can't save everybody. And if she wants to commit suicide because you're not going to be her boyfriend, you can't stay miserable for your life to keep her alive. She has to make a decision of what she wants to do. And my mom was right. As soon as I stepped away and said, well, I'm sorry that your decision's yours, and and I walked away, she didn't end up committing suicide. But it was a manipulation tactic. I don't know that that's not what was played in this. Um, Have you read the texts? I have. But again, it's hard to put vocal intonation into a text because if you're in a really crap mood and i write to you and you ask me a question i go whatever you you'll most likely read it like i went yeah whatever andy yeah whereas i might have you might have said do you want to go out for chinese or mexican whatever you know i don't care whichever one you want to go for but you're the way you you perceive it is in your attitude and i just don't know i mean i've seen the text but i don't know what she had to go through up to that point up to that day of what did this guy do to her mentally screwing with her mm. constantly threatening to kill himself mm. and do you reach a breaking point so i don't know again like i said you're getting spoon fed i've heard sides where she just comes off completely evil and i've heard other sides where she was kind of just fed up with the crap that this guy was always dishing out to her so it's hard to say which way to 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 weigh in on this how did he kill himself um did he i, I can't remember if he shot himself or locked himself in his car and just uh went to sleep kind of thing yeah, i can't remember Let me see here. Michelle Carter's words alone shouldn't be to blame for the death of Conrad Roy, who killed himself in 2014, after then 17-year-old Carter sent him texts encouraging him to do so. That's the argument her lawyers are making in trying to get her case reviewed by the Supreme Court. But an odd aspect to those words is getting attention with the Tuesday premiere of the two-part HBO documentary, I Love You, Now Die, The Commonwealth vs. Michelle Carter. The film surfaces... The fact that the wording of a number of Carter's texts to Roy and her friends were lifted verbatim from the TV show Glee. USA Today explains the timeline. Actress Michelle Lee, or Leah Michelle, was in a relationship with Corey Monteith, both on and off the show. He died of an accidental overdose in 2013, and three months later, a tribute episode aired. That same month, October, was when uh, Carter started sending Roy encouraging texts about him going to a better place and her learning to go on to live without him. That, that, there, that I think there, the cause of death is a clue. I think he well, he, 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 what, he acted on his, his thing, but he really wasn't going to commit suicide. He just calculated the drugs wrong. 
and really that was an accidental dent, a death on his part. For he wanted Corey to Monteith, right? Yeah, that he was, he was calling out for help. Overdose. He wanted to say, "Oh, this is what I'm going to do." Look, I did, I, I did, I took some. So he, he was thinking, take the, you take the pills, take the injection. Well, yeah, but Corey Monteith didn't do that. Okay, he so, just died of an accidental drug overdose. Okay, or or did they discern that it was suicide? Do you remember, Kristen? It's been so long. I since believe it was accidental overdose. So, right. So what about the the kid who was who was being coerced by his girlfriend? How did he die? He, yeah, he uh, breathed carbon monoxide in his truck in a Kmart parking lot, interestingly enough. Yeah. So he must have had a hose going into the window or whatever. Okay. Well, that's... So very, very uh, on purpose there. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, terminal, so I can't use that argument. That's kind of Right, yeah. No, that it's one's all over a, it. I thought I had. That was a decisive choice there, right? It wasn't like taking a couple of sleeping pills and yeah. telling somebody that you, you did something horrible. That's right. To get the attention. And this guy was obviously in that mental space. But again, you know, I, I don't know. It's I would hate for anybody to be put in that position. And we all think, oh, you have to show love and compassion in those moments. But there are people that get broken down by the constant threats of self-harm or harming somebody else if you do this to me. If you break up with me, I have no reason to live anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Have you been following any part of this story or what's going on with it, Kristen? I followed the early part when the trial was going on and um, because I I believe it took place in Massachusetts. So I always get a lot of because I'm from Massachusetts. I always always try and keep up on the news um, from my state. But, um, you know, they really did. I haven't seen the documentary yet from HBO, but they really did paint her as completely evil uh, in the trial. Obviously, they were looking for a conviction. Um, and if you read, and, and here's the one thing that I'll, always, I'll throw out on the table, text. We've all misinterpreted a text because right. we interpret tone our own way. So could she have been flippant or sarcastic about it? And then when a prosecutor's reading it, he's like, look how evil she is. There right. is that possibility because texts are always open to interpretation. We all know that. Uh, some of these texts that she sent, not really People who commit suicide don't think this much. They just do it, you know. Uh, right, but again, I thought you wanted to do this. You just need to do it. You can't keep doing this every day. Yeah, but again, you're if you're a teenager, come on. I thought you wanted to do it. Just do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a difference between, like, I thought you wanted to do it. Do it. And she might have been challenging him in the sense of, uh, you know, somebody that was really going to do this isn't going to keep thinking it through. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. So, again, like Kristen's saying, I could see that side of this conversation yeah. as well as be like, you know, poop or get off the pot here you can't continually make these kind of comments and you know have me jump through fiery hoops i don't know it's it's a tough call to make but then you know that starts getting into the thought police you know then we we have to start yeah, breaking and I down do exactly think how it's that said. there's culpability on her side no right. matter what because as a human being you have an obligation to call parents call 911 yeah, go right. there yeah. stop it that's that is the the number one your number one job when something like that's happening yeah, that, right. And I think that's and that and that's the, the the failure of so many times is that clearly someone has mental health issues. When someone says they're going to commit suicide, ah, that's sort of like absolute red flag, pathognomonic. Hey, that's a problem. So she should have called parents. She should have called somebody. She should have said, "You got a problem? I'm telling your folks. I'm telling my folks. I'm out." I'm I'm proud. My son just kind of had his first real girlfriend, and uh, realized that there were some red flags in this relationship, and broke up and it kind of took us by surprise because one week they were all lovey-dovey and happy Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden next week he's like I don't want to be around her anymore and I finally got him to open up she was a cutter she was doing other things but my son didn't just break up with her once he broke up with her he called her family members and said I think you need to keep an eye on her 
because she's cutting, she's doing these things on the side, and it's something I'm not prepared to deal with, but you should be aware that she's doing these things. There you go. That's what you have and, to do. And he stepped away from it. So, mm-hmm. you know, which was a tough, tough decision as a kid, right? I mean, guilt-ridden, yeah. you, you automatically kind of feel this uh, need to, to be there to help out. But, you know, I thought what my son did was really uh, respectful. And, again, calling the family members, like you said, that should have been the way to handle it. So there should be a level of culpability. But to what extent, again, you know, it, it falls in the hands of the person that makes the uh, the yeah. final decision. And if the kid is in that bad a state, why is his family not more aware of this? You know, I mean, there, there could be a lot said that where does culpability really lie in cases like this? Right. And in teenager, teenage years, formative years, uh, their peers may have greater insights into the dangers that a, ch- a child is facing or a teenager is facing or choosing than their parents would see. So maybe that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I know we had to, we, there was a kid... Not, not, but uh, you know, a few blocks from our house, that you know, his girlfriend broke up with him. Boom, done. Yeah, you just, you just, I don't know. He, he killed himself, and you know, what a terrible tragedy. If the girlfriend could have said, "Hey, Jim's got some issues. That's you know, you need to help Jim. I can't be in the relationship like your son did." I think that's a wonderful thing. That's a really nice thing to hear. Well, and it's sad, you know. I've tried to tell my kids, no boy or girl is worth it. You know, relationships come and go, and believe me, no matter how bad you feel like, no, this was your one shot, there's another one. And just you have to the power through. You don't end your life over the end of a relationship, uh, which is tough. Again, when you're a kid, that's, you know, everybody kind of feels that. Uh, what about this headline? Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, big star, acted inappropriately. She's coming forward talking about somebody that was uh, kind of, I guess, harassing her in the past. Do you know much about this story, Kristen? Um, I do know that all of the blind gossip sites are trying to figure out who it is. (laughs) That is definitely uh, one of those things. And I think that, you know, listen, women being harassed on the job, whether they're a movie star or whether they work in the restaurant industry or in the health industry, wherever they work, this is not a new story. But I think women feel empowered to continue to tell their stories and saying that, you know what, this did happen to me. They may not feel comfortable naming the person, but at the same time, they're, I think, creating an awareness for a younger generation that if something does happen, that you feel empowered to either try and say no and get yourself out of the situation, go to HR, whatever that is, um, because time's up. (laughs) Do you think it's effective in uh, having women come forward sooner Rather than later, because so many of these things are, you know, oh, this was 10, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, this is what happened. Rather than saying, hey, Jim just came on, go to HR. You know, As soon as it happened, go to HR say, Jim just came on to me. Tell him to cut it out. It's a little suspicious when you wait two decades. Well, uh, on the it's other side though. of things, though, though, no, not at all. Because it's if you're feeling your intimidated and this is somebody that's got some power over you or is a name that maybe weighs heavier on the business industry that you're a part of, and you speak up, it could cost you your career and could cause you to get blackballed. So, but, but I think that the important thing is that with this going on, yes, it did have this happen, may have happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yes, the details could be sketchy, but it a lot give, it does, like you said, Kristen, it empowers younger women to maybe move ahead sooner on this sort of stuff. So they're not locked into this sort of uh, subjugation and uh, um, abuse uh, where, you know, if they come, like I say, tell Jim to cut it out, you know, Jim's got a problem then. If the woman comes ahead, comes forward immediately. And this is happening because Screen Actors Guild just dealt with a a big case on this. And now everyone's debating whether the fine was enough. 
But um, Kip Pardue was um, fined $6,000 by the Actors Union because one of his co-stars filed a complaint against him saying that he masturbated in front of her without her consent. And uh, not only after this one girl came forward, guess what? Another actress came forward and said, hey, this same thing happened to me on set. So... Um, all the unions are coming forward and taking action against actors on situations like this. And younger women are willing to come forward and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to speak out about this. I'm not going to worry about the ramifications. Well, I hope that's the case. I hope that they'll, they'll continue making that move. Kristen, be safe, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Stay tuned. We've got more of the family right after this.